For our scripture reading, we turn to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. We will read the first 26 verses. The text we consider is verse 24. We read this, keep in mind that this was written by the prophet Jeremiah under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit at a quite a difficult time, after a quite a difficult time after the, the, the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. And God had spoken repeatedly through the prophets about the judgment of God that was going to come upon the people. And many, of course, rejected the word of God, and eventually the the judgment did come as the Babylonians came against Judah, and the temple was destroyed. And it's in such a time that that's the context of what we we read here in in the book of Lamentations. And we take note, in connection with the Lord's Supper this morning, that in such a difficult time, we have this confession, the Lord is my portion. We just sang of that as well. That the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. So we begin at verse, at verse 1. I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me as he turned, he turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forget prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. 
This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning. And the text that we consider is that 24th verse. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, Prophet Jeremiah writes in a time of, of great trial and of great difficulty. And he recalls and he speaks about his affliction. He speaks about his suffering. And yet in his trial and in the difficulties that he faces, he remembers the mercy of God. And he makes confession it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. That he afflicts his people. He afflicts them in his love for them. He afflicts us. And we have a variety of trials and difficulties throughout this life. We may have times of prosperity for a while. We may have times when things seem to go well. And very quickly we may be in affliction. And we recognize our Father in his love averts evil, or he turns it to our profit. And when he chastens us, he does so lovingly for our good. He's merciful. We're mindful of the judgment we deserve. And in this past week of self-examination, we were to, can, each one of us was to consider by himself or herself, his or her own sins and the curse that we deserve. And it is good for us to remember in the trials that we face, and sometimes we may wonder, why did this happen to me? And then our mind turns to the subject of, well, what do I deserve? What do I deserve, really? Sometimes people say, what have I done to deserve this? Well, what have we, what have we done? And what do we deserve? 
And what was the judgment that came upon Christ? Because we're supposed to go from our sins to what we deserve to considering the judgment that came upon Christ. How is it that throughout the years God has disciplined his people, but he hasn't destroyed them? He continues to preserve them. On what basis? The perfect sacrifice of Christ. As we read about the, the judgment, our mind is to be directed to, well, what came upon our Lord? The agonies into which he was plunged, that our mind is to be on when we partake of the Lord's Supper. And secondly, we look at it from the viewpoint, this passage from the viewpoint of the fact that we confess here in our trials and in the difficulties that we face that we have Jehovah. What do we have? We have Jehovah God. He is our portion. We have a covenant relationship with him. And that's what's confessed here. In, this, in, a, in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the trial, the Lord is my portion. And we say, Seth, my soul. We make that confession. And of course, we see how that goes with the Lord's Supper. He's nourishing our souls. We have communion with God. He is with us. He assures us He is with us. That Christ died for us, and He is currently dwelling in us, and He nourishes us and provides us with what we need. And as those who have the faithful covenant God, the merciful God, as their portion, we have hope, and we say, therefore, have I hope. So we consider this passage under the theme, that confession, the Lord is my portion. Under that theme, we consider, first of all, our portion, the idea of that Secondly, our confession. And then thirdly, our hope. First, the reference to Jehovah as our, as our portion. That language is the language that was used when referring to the priesthood. And that was the language that was said to Aaron the priest. You know, the different tribes had different portions of the land allotted to them. And when it came to the priesthood, of course, the priests were of the tribe of Levi. We read, And the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. That's what the Lord said to Aaron, to the priests. I am your part. The others, you see how they have an inheritance in the land. You shall have no inheritance in their land. I am your part. 
I'm your inheritance among the children of Israel. Hilkiah was the name of Jeremiah's dad. And Hilkiah has that idea in, in the, as the meaning of the name. So Jeremiah's dad, whose name was Hilkiah, that Hilkiah means Jehovah is my portion, or Jehovah's portion. That that was the name of his, of his dad. And that was what was said to the priests. And Jeremiah was of the line of the, of the priests. And here he makes the confession, and we make the confession with him, as those who are priests, who partake of the anointing of Christ, that we are priests. Jesus Christ is our high priest, and we are priests under him. We make the confession, Jehovah's my portion. That's the language of the covenant. He is our God, we are his people. We belong to him. We say that's our only comfort, is that we belong to Christ. That Christ and his people are united in an unbreakable bond. Jehovah's portion is his people. We read of that in Deuteronomy 32, verse 9. Jehovah's portion is his people, and he is our portion. United we are with him. And we sing that. We sing this in the Psalms. We have this in the book of Lamentations, but we sing this in the Psalms. We have an example of what we just sang moments ago. Also in Psalm 16, verse 5, which we're familiar with, we sing, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. We make this confession. We sing this, that he is our portion. Now, we do so. We say those words with, as somebody who is happy, who is content with God alone. Now, it's easy to read these words. But when we think of him as our portion, the idea that we the idea there is we have all we need. And one is to be content having Jehovah alone, having Christ. Having him were to be happy. Most seek happiness apart from God. That's the antithesis. Most people would not want to be where the truth is proclaimed. They would seek happiness apart from God. 
and sometimes even make the confession that they feel so much better away from where the truth is proclaimed, where sin is spoken of and people walking impenitently in sin are rebuked and told to turn away from sin to God for forgiveness and deliverance. Many would seek to be away from God. And of course they have no happiness, no real joy. They have no peace. The one who has Jehovah as their portion is content having him. We're not like those that are proudly thinking they don't need God and seeking possessions and pleasures and so on to be able to make them happy. Lovers of pleasures. That we are by the grace of God, to be content having God alone. We have fellowship with him. That's what the Lord's Supper directs our attention to. We're nourished by him. We're to be content. Now, of course, when we consider that, the question is, to what degree are we? We are, we, when you, we speak of ourselves from the viewpoint of the new man, we love our Lord, we sing his praises, we make the confession he is our portion. But we are still sinners with sinful natures. When we may, if we make, if we consider content with God alone, am I? It can manifest itself, whether we are or not, as to how we respond when there are difficulties. When things happen that we really did not want to have happen. How do we deal with them? How would we deal with it? We may, you know, right now we have many things. Many of us do. Many of us have. Even those of us that do not have as much as a lot of the people around us, in comparison with people, so many people on the globe, we have so much more we tend to have. There's so many different pleasures we are able to enjoy. What if those were taken away? Would we be happy and content that we have God? God is with us. We have communion with the living, the faithful, the merciful God. If we're content, then that shows itself in how we deal with the difficulties we go through. When we're not content, we can quickly become impatient. Sometimes we can become impatient and when the smallest thing goes wrong. But when we're content that we already have what we desire. We have Jehovah God with us. When we're content, then we deal better with the difficulties that we face. Contentment has that idea that though our circumstances go up and down, as far as the difficulties we're facing, we remain happy and content. We have Communion with God and 
We cannot lose that. We cannot lose our relation. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's something that we desire in our parenting, to be able to show forth to the children and to be an example of that. Children are often upset very easily. That's one of the characteristics of at least many children. We see that very, something happens, they get something in their mind that they want, they go after something that they want, and for one reason or another it doesn't happen. Maybe a brother or sister takes something away, or whatever it may be, and that they get very upset about it. And sometimes uh, we talk to our children about how to deal with matters when things are not going the way we want. In addition to if somebody's treating them bad, that we, that we discipline our child who's treating another one badly. But looking at it from the viewpoint now of how do we deal with the troubles that we face. And that we teach our children to be patient. And it's good for us to bring up that it is that we are to be patient as those who, to whom God provides all that we need. Today we often think of what our mothers have taught us over the years. With regard to that, and we can turn it now and think of ourselves as being the child, however many years ago that may have been, or even if that's right now, maybe we're a child right now, or maybe it was quite a, a number of years ago, but we remember how, many, how much we've learned from our mothers with regard to this. At least many of us have had believing mothers. What a wonderful blessing that is. And to be able to learn not only from their words, but also from their example. How does mom deal with all the difficulties that she faces? And she faces plenty of them throughout the day. How does she deal with them? That she's setting forth an example to the children. So not only by words, but also by her example is setting forth an illustration of one who is content, even when things go wrongly, knowing that God is with us. God is with her. Now, none of us are as content as we ought to be. We look at ourselves, if we're a parent, we think, well, there's been certainly times when I've been, I haven't been setting forth a good example. That's true of us all whether we're married or single, uh, whether we have children or not, we, we can all say that we very many times have not set forth a good example as we ought. Yet we're to strive to do that, and we're to thankful as we consider the, the, mother, the mothers that we've had, and so far as they have taught us, and how much they have provided for us, for them we are to give thanks to our God. That Jehovah is our portion is something that we confess here. That this is a reality. We say, my soul has said. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. 
Very soon in the Lord's Supper form, we'll read, Let everyone say in his heart thus, Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's good for us to think of those words, too. Let everyone say in his heart thus. And then we hear that, and then we think, okay, I'm to, I'm to be saying this in my heart. Really. Bless the Lord. O my soul. It's like here, we sing, the Lord is my portion, Seth, my soul. Or as we sing in Psalm 16, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. This is my confession. Not just a confession of others. But each one of us is to say, this is my confession, not just somebody else's soul. But this is what my soul says. The Lord is my portion, not just the portion of others, but mine. He's mine inheritance. He maintains my lot. My soul has said this. And now we put the emphasis on the word soul, before on the word my, now on the word soul. Not simply with the body, although we do say it with the body, but one can be saying it in their body without saying it in the, with their soul. Without their soul. Really saying it. And we say this, when we say this, our soul is saying this. We say this from the heart. As one who is trusting God to provide all that we need. And when, we're, when our soul is confessing this, then it manifests itself in our life. If our soul is making this confession, then it, in our life it shows what's going on in our soul. That we're resolved to walk in true love and peace with our neighbor. That's part of well, we read in the Lord's Supper form that we're to come as those who are resolved to walk in true love and peace. Well, those who say this, make this confession, who, whose soul makes this confession, they are resolved by the grace of God to walk in true love and peace with their neighbor. They do delight to serve the other members of the body out of thankfulness. And we make this confession 
sometimes in times of great difficulty. When Lamentations was written, what a difficult time it would have been to live at such times as that, to have the wicked Babylonians come in and enter the city and destroy the temple in the city, and then to be carried away to a strange land and to live among the Babylonians of the world whose mind is on things below. To have things taken away. And in such difficult times to say, I have God. Jehovah is my portion. We sing that way. In the Psalms, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's Psalm 73. We sang just a moment ago a versification of that. See that connection. We say it when we also say, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God. God is the strength of my heart. God is my portion. We make this confession. And we do so in times of adversity. In times of sadness. In times of suffering. As those who are thankful that we have Jehovah God. Our God, we are in Jesus Christ, who is God and man, the divine and human mediator, who laid down his life for us and in whom we live. And then we looking forward we say, I will hope in him. There's a repetition of that idea in verse 21 and in, in verse 24. Exa actually, in the original, in the Hebrew, it has the same word. Verse 21, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope, or will I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, and then verse 24. After saying, they're new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. So our mind is on his mercy, our mind is on his faithfulness, our mind is on passages we often quote to one another in times of trial. These verses we're familiar with. It's of the Lord's mercies. And we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We often quote these. Our mind is on those words. On the mercy and the faithfulness of God. When we say, I will hope in him. I have hope. I will 
hope in Him. And we understand that the idea of hoping is that you're looking, you're waiting. In fact, the Word has that idea of waiting. And that you're expecting. We often point that out, that although one of the uses of the term hope, that we often use it to express doubt about something, something we desire to have happen, but we have doubts, and we're familiar with that. But we understand that when we confess that we hope in God, we are not expressing doubt. We have no doubt that the merciful and faithful God will provide us what we need. And we say, I will hope in Him. Though the outward circumstances for a time remain the same. We all understand that. We can be in a difficult trial and we can pray and we get done praying. Well, the problem is still there. From an outward point of view, things may stay the same. Yet, Jehovah is with us and he is giving us grace. Invisible grace. But he gives us grace and his grace is sufficient for us. The Lord suffers the means of grace. We are to partake by faith, believing God's promise. It's good to wait. It's a good, verse 26 says, it's good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And that's what we desire to be able to illustrate also to our children. As they look at us in difficult times, how does mom, how does dad deal with this trial when things are difficult? We desire to be an example. It's good that we hope and quietly wait for the salvation of our Lord. He will grant us what we need. And as they conceive, That mom is expecting. That dad is expecting that. And they come to think of the work of God in their mother. How is it that in such trials there is patience, there is waiting. But because the Spirit of God works in such a woman. Or works in such a father. Therefore, I will hope in him. On what basis do we look forward with confidence? On what basis? Not relying on ourselves. The only reliable basis for us to look forward with confidence is the faithfulness of our God. The merciful, loving, covenant-keeping God. Our confidence, when we 
Focus on Him. And we see that difficulty too. We see that change, that if we're focusing on our problems and keep thinking on our problems, how we start to get down. But then when our mind is directed toward Jehovah and His promises and His faithfulness, that He provides us, He's our light in darkness. He's our treasure in time of need. He gives us rest in our troubles. We confess it's good that we wait for him. And we make the confession here. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, he is my portion. The faithful, covenant-keeping God, the merciful God is my portion. Therefore, well, I hope in him. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God and our Father, we are so thankful for thy grace, so thankful for the covenant, the everlasting covenant that thou hast made with us in, thy, in Jesus Christ. Lord, we are so thankful that we know it really is true that Thou art our portion, that we have Thee. May we glorify Thee, and may, we be, may our faith be strengthened as we also now partake of the Lord's Supper. Forgive our sins, O Lord, and keep us from evil. Bless all Thy saints for Christ's sake.